Drunk Mythology Friends. I'm Kate. And I'm Other Jen. And we're the Drunk Mythology Gals. <laughs> drunk Mythology Gals. <laughs> Do you want to share the backstory of why that's hysterical while I grab paper, which I, I forgot. Oh, you're going to take the, notes? My paper, it's just barely out of reach. Talk. Talk, talk, okay. talk. So uh, <laughs> we tried recording this episode uh, a couple days ago and failed, but it's not because of any personal failures on our part, even though you might think it might be, but it's because my internet has been sucking donkey balls for the past, oh, I don't know, three years. Um, but it really just got so much worse uh, over the past couple months and I, I couldn't take it anymore. So... <laughs> We switched our provider yesterday, so, um, but yeah, we we were trying to record. We did like three different takes, and in two of the first takes, when we did our little drunk mythology gals thing, yeah, we, I'm back. The yeah. first one we played chicken, and we're both like, oh. "We're the yeah drunk mythology gals," <laughs> and then you know we had to reset and come back. We tried it again. And without consulting on what we were going to do, we both played chicken again, and it yes. was perfect. <laughs> so we're totally in three-dimensional chess mind games. No, we're on in four-dimensional because chess is three-dimensional. Oh, yeah, that's right. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're playing on a computer, but still. Okay. Um, <laughs> four-dimensional chess, baby. Fifth dimension. 40. Fifth dimension. We oh. went into the fifth dimension, sixth dimension, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do on this one right now? <laughs> I clearly yes. was, uh, I was benchmarking to see if we would chicken, play chicken again. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Any hoosie, yes. here we are. Happy Pride Month. And yes. we love all of our LGBTQI friends and listeners and allies. So Yay. much. Yes. And um, I do have kind of a Pride Month themed episode this week because if you are a podcaster, you pretty much have to, you know, it's like an unwritten rule. You do Christmas episodes at Christmas and Pride Month episodes during Pride Month. And I really wanted to do something, you know, fun and uplifting, but right, don't get your hopes up because, oh, mythology, Greek <laughs> mythology. <laughs> and that's my trigger warning and disclaimer for the whole episode. But actually, after I wrote oh. that, I came back and wrote something else because I finished the episode and I was just so bummed. And I was oh. like, you know what? Uh, it has this episode has all of your regular rage inducing gods or assholes stuff. But there's some stuff I was not expecting when I set out to tell what I thought was going to be a quote unquote simple myth. Oh, so. Be warned. Get your rage on. Get your fight on. You're going to need it. And I, I really did try. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and you know, if I'm giving a warning, so yeah. before we get started, sacrifices to Odin this week. Oh my God. Oh, okay. Database developers who should not be database developers. <laughs> I've I've that vented like to me. <laughs> I have vented to you a little bit on on the side throughout the past several work days on this. Yes. Who creates a field for bank routing number but doesn't include validation that numbers actually get entered in the field? 
So it's like an open yeah, format. It's an open text. It's open text. And it doesn't even have a character limit. United States bank routing numbers are all nine digits. No more, no less. What about international? International is does not have a bank routing number. It has a SWIFT code. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Different field. Oh, yeah. So I'm surprised you didn't actually... <laughs> share what you were tempted to put into the um, <laughs> test bank routing number field. You want me to share? You want share. me to share? Oh, I, I can go into this database and create a bank pay, a payment profile and where the field says enter your either routing number or even account number, I can enter the words... You are fucking assholes. I wish you all would die! Exclamation point. And the database will accept it. I mean, have we? Haven't we all felt that way about our bank at some point? <laughs> <laughs> but this isn't even the bank, right? This, this is the is, database people. <laughs> these are software database trying to manage business functionalities, and it's they are. Oh my gosh. Okay. At least it's not my accounting software. This is something else in, in the company, but I still have to link. Mm -hmm. I, I have to bring this data into my accounting software. You have to interact with it, basically. Yes. I have to interact with this database and they it, it's creating so many headaches mm -hmm. because it's like you could eat it doesn't even validate like in the if somebody does put in nine digits a lot of times people will put a dash three digits oh uh, yeah 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 yeah. three digits dash three digits dash three digits. right if we try to import that into the accounting software it fails because it's like, no, no, why are you? No, this is supposed to be nine digits. There should not be no extra characters. characters. Yeah. No, you can't put extra stuff. People are okay. writing so I want narratives. You to that rage. Yeah. And hold on to it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, for my sacrifice, yes. I have skyrocketing anxiety about getting back into podcasting and the routine. Aww. And I feel so rusty. I need a tetanus shot. <laughs> like, but you know what? And it didn't help that this turned out to be the kind of episode it was. But I'm, like I said, I'm doing my best. So what are you drinking? Uh, water. <laughs> <laughs> but I just before this, I did fortify myself with a disappointing pudding cup of solidarity. <laughs> What the hell? Like, you know, I, I saw it and I bought it on impulse, those jello pudding cups. And yes. I'm always more hopeful it's going to be better than it actually is. Okay. Kind of like the progress of social justice. You oh. always think it's going to be better than it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Um, I have water also. <laughs> and uh, of all days, this should have been a booze day. But, right. It absolutely yeah. should have been. Yeah. Um, yeah, it should have been. Oh, my goodness. We'll get there. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so on to our disclaimer. 
Do not drink and drive. Cars, chariots, eight-legged horses, donkey balls, sucking internet, Greek mythology, trigger warnings, stupid database developers, or pudding cups. Goddamn, girl, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) One time. (laughs) Do not expect this again. (laughs) Well, let's get started. A long time ago, when the world was young, and people were still terrible. So before my Wi-Fi got whacked for April Fool's, <laughs> <laughs> this is how long this has been going on. Yes. Um, and other Jen got cast as an extra for Law & Order SVU. <laughs> Just kidding, but not. It was jury duty. We'll talk about oh. that sort of obliquely in another episode. Um, And some other things came up and there was a vacation and just, uh, you know, uh, things sent us careening off the cliffside of regularly scheduled episodes. I had a plan. Right. I had a plan. I even had a goddamn theme ready for April. Mm -hmm. It was going to be Greek myths associated with flowers and plants. Right. Because, you know, April. Yeah. Spring. Gardening. Absolutely. Makes sense. Overspending your budget at the garden center. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> uh, dealing with those weird white grubs. I don't know oh. what they are. Oh, I don't like yeah. to kill them. So I just kind of put them out in the pile of dirt in by the alley and like go with God <laughs> or not, <laughs> depending because this myth, I'm like, don't go with God. But anyway. Oh, my goodness. So it was going to be plants, flowers, lots of botanical myths in Greek mythology because they it's not they like they had YouTube or Reddit to base their memes off of. So they <laughs> were like, what's around? Oh, look, it's a hellebore plant. Let's make a myth out of that. Okay. And life happened. So right. as I was coming back to this, I was casting about trying to think of what I wanted to do for this episode. And I came across my botanical mayhem notes. And there was a myth that, you know, in the little scribble I had, I was like, you know what? It it fits for Pride Month. You know, okay. it's it's not the fit you would expect, but it really does fit. And, um, you know, it's not great the more I got into it, but I'm like, honestly, I, having done this podcast for two and a half years, Jen, um, yeah. I think you can agree with me. It, Pretty much in most mythologies, there isn't a whole lot of LGBTQ positive right uh, stories out there, right? So yeah. Um, but if you do know of any, shout me out on social media, and we'll have a go at them. Yeah. So this is all to say that all I can do for Pride Month with this episode is to point out how stupid people have always been since the beginning of fucking time about getting hysterical anytime someone doesn't fit into preconceived gender normative boxes. Right. Because people are awful and nothing is new. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, I guess I'm beating around the bush. Oh, my God. I had to. I'm sorry, Jen, but I had to. Because today we're talking about the almond tree. Oh, that's not where I thought this was going to go. Okay. (laughs) Okay, but, uh, you know, first of all, I think almonds themselves uh, can stir up a lot of feelings in people, like the flavor and the aroma. Mm -hmm. You know, do you love it? Do you hate it? I'm a fan of almonds. I'll snack on them. Uh, I like put them in my salads. I like almond flavored stuff. I know some people it's 
high on their allergies. If they have a nut allergy, like next door neighbor, he has an allergy, a a nut allergy, and almond is like at the top, like above other nuts. Almond is like bad, 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 bad. Basically, it's holding hands with peanuts and running screaming (laughs) down the hallway (laughs) while everything's on fire. (laughs) Yeah, he's like more sensitive to almond than any other nut. Maybe you can answer this question for me, though. Um, Why is it that I, when I use almond flavoring, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really taste like an actual, like the actual almond doesn't smell or taste to me like almond flavoring. Right. Because almond flavoring is probably chemical alcohol it's oh. yeah chemical it's okay. artificial and and it's uh what is it? mccormick there's there's alcohol in that bottle mm-hmm. so that's bringing a lot of uh profile flavor profile okay um, so would they like take the almond oil and then like mix it and dilute it with the alcohol um do you want me to go down that rabbit hole and search? Oh, okay, I don't know. no. May, you know what? Maybe we'll do that for a little snorkel over okay. on Patreon. Um, but, you know, almonds themselves have issues. But, you know, uh, yeah. Anyway, back to the almond tree or not. Because, psych, you would think I would make this easy? <laughs> nope. Oh, no. This whole story is how we get to the almond tree. Oh, dear. So okay. first... I'm going to take you back to an ancient Greece adjacent land called Phrygia. Okay, that is not how it's spelled on the screen in your notes. <laughs> you know, um or is it? Yeah, it, I guess it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. And laugh all you want about the name because uh, let me assure you no one was being frigid in ancient Phrygia. <laughs> For those listening, it's spelled with a ph. And there's a Y in there. It's, yeah. P-H-R-Y-G-I-A, Phrygia. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's looking at it phonetically. That's how you're going to say it. But Yep. Okay. And I double checked it because I've been known to <laughs> have said things a certain way all my life. And then I actually hear how they're oh. supposed to be pronounced. And I'm like, oh, I'm a dumbass. Yeah. Been um, there too. <laughs> yep. And again, I know the jokes are bad today, but I'm, I'm, I'm warming up again. Right? Yeah. So Phrygia was where the bulk of central Turkey is today. And I have a map. It's not a great map, but I legit spent 20 minutes looking for a map that showed Phrygia and a bit more context, but there really wasn't anything good, certainly not to scale. Um, So just remember, Greece is to the west and Israel's to the south. Okay. Got it. I see what I'm looking at in this map you have this area of land that to the north of it, you have the Black Sea. To the south of this big giant area, you have the Mediterranean Sea. Um, yeah, I'm looking for anything else in there. Any of these other names that I got to The Aegean. I mean, basically, it's the cent- it's like the Midwest of Turkey. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, you know, while I was doing this, I also got sucked into reading some theories of ancient migration about who and how and when Phrygia was populated. 
but ain't nobody got time in an episode to go into the McDonough's, Misians, Berbices, and Bithi- Bithinians. Oh my goodness, okay. <laughs> so much for super ancient Phrygia. Okay. But by the time the Trojan War rolled around circa 1200 BCE-ish, give or take a decade or three, okay. um, Phrygia was regularly getting pulled into ancient Greek politics and mythology, whether it liked it or not. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. you know what happens to the gods when cultures get mashed together on a regular basis, right? No. If you answered syncretism, you'd have been right. Ding, ding, ding. I have to go look this word up. <laughs> You're making me Google vocabulary words. <laughs> well, it's kind of like how, you know, uh, uh, ancient Christianity kind of took a look at certain aspects of Dionysus and was like, oh, hey, we could use that and oh. kind of turn most of him into Christ. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, But also cast your mind back to, I think, our very first deep dive episode where we talked about the uh, psychologist and sort of Mm -hmm. anthropologist, not like casual anthropologist, Carl Jung. Right, right. And how he talked about, you know, the commonality of certain tropes in human belief and experience. Um, Fuzzy memory, but I remember this. You know, But in reality, a lot of similar gods and goddesses really come from a common combination of universal principles of agriculture, dependence on the weather, and a lack of scientific method in the way, way back. Like, you know, you might be dealing with different crops and seasonal cycles, whether you're in Borneo or, you know... Phrygia, but you're still worried about too much or too little rain, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So you're going to pray to something that you're hoping to appease something you can't control. Right. Anyway, I know there's a lot of discursive stuff, but (laughs) I'm a little rusty, just kind of getting back into it. So there's a Phrygian goddess or god, let's call it a Phrygian god named Agdidas. Okay. And Adidas, Adidas the sneaker? <laughs> yes, Adidas. <laughs> I, I probably will now slip and call Adidas Adidas now. Thank you. Um, and they're also called, uh, they're also associated with the Phrygian goddess uh, Kybele or Kybele. Okay. Uh, uh, and she's sort of a great mother goddess to them. But for now, let's start with Agdidas because this is the part of the myth that actually caught my attention first. And for sources, I'll be using Pausanias. We've mentioned him. He's an old Roman mythographer and slash historian who's actually not the worst of them. (laughs) Got it. Right. Um, And it's also the most complete and oldest reference that, you know, tells the actual story and isn't just a fragment. And because it's also a good basis to compare some of the later shit show interpretations to later. Okay. So, um, another reason to use Pausanias, because according to him, Agdidas only had one origin story. (gasps) Oh, be still my heart. I know. I know. Wow. Yay. But before you celebrate... 
It involves Zeus. Oh, crap. And the Phrygians called him the sky god. Again, it's syncretism. They had a sky god. Zeus was the Greek sky god. You know, sky god is sky god. Sky god is as sky god does. (laughs) Um, But then again, maybe we should celebrate just a little because for once, Zeus doesn't kidnap anyone. Oh. He doesn't get rapey. Wow. In fact, in this entire myth, he doesn't do anything that would make Hera lose her shit and take revenge on totally the wrong person. Damn. In fact, as the story goes, the only thing he did was lie down and take a nap. (laughs) He had an accidental nocturnal emission during this nap. Oh, wait. Oh, (laughs) Okay. You know, accidentally impregnated the earth with it. Oh, okay. Damn it. But it wasn't like a conscious, it wasn't, you know. Okay. Consciously done. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Let, look, we're Sorry, talking. I'm still coming off of jury duty. It's oh, I like, know. <laughs> you were as- asleep. I'm doing air quotes. Wink, yeah. wink. Uh-huh. Sure well, you were. For now, let's just take. Pausanias at okay. face value. Okay. Because, you know, look, let's take the good moments in the story where we can yes, get them. Fine. So Zeus takes a nap, has a wet dream, wakes up, is like, damn, that was a good dream, and exits the story for now. <laughs> and now the earth is carrying Zeus's child. And because it's Greek mythology adjacent, of course, we have to have a potentially incestuous interpretation. Mm. Uh because according to Pausanias, the earth could also be uh, Zeus's mother, the goddess Rhea. Oh, oh, okay. Because he just had to point that out. So we got some Oedipus complex issues weaving in here. Uh, yeah, but you know what? This is, again, this is okay. tame. When yeah. haven't we had a myth without like right. yeah. <laughs> incest and... Various types of nocturnal emissions. Yes. <laughs> so the earth gives birth to Agdidas. And Agdidas okay. is both awesome and fearsome to the gods because Agdidas is both man and woman. <gasps> How cool. And in other words, Agdidas literally has both male and female genitalia. Okay, that's wild. Right? Interesting. And this is, you know, just like mythology reflects a lot of things figuratively in this moment, this is actually reflecting something that happens literally because there are people who are born like that. And so take a quick moment for definitions here. Obviously, the first term that, you know, a lot of people, certainly people of our generation grew up hearing as acceptable was hermaphrodite. Okay. And... That was the scientific and cultural term for a long time, but I found out while researching this episode that the correct term is intersex. Oh, okay. um, The term hermaphrodite does come from a myth about Hermes and Aphrodite, but that's another shit show for another Pride Month. Like I said, (laughs) there isn't a whole lot of good stuff, (laughs) positive stories about this. But okay. also, as I was looking up, all this, I was curious about the word androgyny because that also oh. has kind of both the male and female aspect to it because it's from the ancient Greek 
Andros, man, okay. and Genos or or Genos and woman. Ah, right. But okay. When I was in school and learning about this term, um, I always thought it was sort of a non-binary and almost even asexual gender presentation from a cultural, psychological, and emotional perspective. That's kind of where the the impression that I had as well. Right. Yeah. Even my ever-faithful Merriam-Webster says that synonyms for androgynous are genderless and unisex. Hmm. And what I found was, while that is correct in part, today androgyny also includes people who identify as non-binary and transgender. And there's also the biophysiological aspect to androgyny, which I'll touch on a little bit later. Okay. But basically, to sum up, I will be using the term intersex as much as I can, except where I either have to quote a text where hermaphrodite is used... Or, you know, there are just a couple of moments where I have to use it. You know, it's not, it's not a slur. It's just not a preferred current term, but, you know, I will also use they, them for agditis when possible and appropriate. If I forget or mess up, Uh, it's because I have a lot of sources in my head and, and, but I will do my best. And also things might change. Ah, yeah. Okay. Back to badass agditis. Mm-hmm. The gods saw them as fearsome and powerful and also puzzling because probably this is their way of trying to understand and explain the intersex phenomenon absent modern medical science. Oh, right. Right? Yep. Um, but also on a more symbolic level, it does make a lot of sense uh, to give the offspring of the Earth, both male and female characteristics, because again, trying to explain nature and agriculture and, you know, animal husbandry, the mm-hmm. ancients certainly knew that there were um, binary or male-female aspects of reproduction. Right. You know, they knew about fertilizing plants. They knew about breeding, you know, pigs and goats and horses and whatever. Right. And so the offspring of the earth would represent the necessary and powerful binary aspects of nature. Got it. But because the gods can be super narrow-minded dicks and also have massive <laughs> self-esteem issues, they decided they were really uncomfortable with Agditas. Oh, of course. They probably didn't like the fact that Agditas was doing just fine, living their own best life and was pretty fucking powerful. Okay. Pausanias, in fact, literally says they dreaded Agditas. Aw. And so what do the gods do as a result? Oh, this is not going to be good. They cut off Agditas's penis, basically forcing them to identify as female going forward. And obviously, because ancient medicine was what it was, chopping off the dick was easier to do than sex reassignment surgery on the vagina, or hey, even allowing Agditas to make their own decision about what gender they wanted to identify as. Or just stay like it was. Stay exactly. Why couldn't they leave things alone? Oh my god! You know, you would think if the gods were that powerful, maybe they would just be like, "Huh, maybe we could like bind his power in a their power in a way." See, that was a little slip. I didn't mean to do that. But right, right, right. Yeah. Anyway, you would think. 
And um, also, I was today years old when I learned there was a medical differentiation between castration and emasculation. Oh. One is just the balls. The other is the whole package. (gasps) Oh. And I have so many physiology questions, but nope. Just say no to the rabbit hole. No, we don't need that rabbit hole today. Yeah. And so, needless to say, the gods didn't just castrate Agdidas, they emasculated him. That is... Uh, Yeah. Okay. So, there you go. You're an ancient asshole with a spare dick in your hands, and what do you do? Mm. Well, in the case of Kronos, cutting off his dad's Ornos' dick, he was like, tossed it over his shoulder, it fell to the earth, landed in the sea, and some pretty fucked up monsters were born. Oh, I think I remember that. That's right. Uh, yeah. That's, I think, episode yeah. three, uh, Patricide is the New Black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kronos uh, also cut off Oranos's balls and tossed him over his shoulders. They fell to earth, landed in the sea, and gave birth to Aphrodite. Mm. And in the Orphic version of the creation myth, Zeus cuts off his dad Kronos's dick uh, but no word on where it fell or what it gave birth to. Oh my god. <laughs> or if you're the Norse gods, oh dear. You yeah. build a mountain range out of spare body parts. Mhm. Yeah. Eyebrow yeah. fortifications. That's right. all I'm saying. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. So the gods looked at the dick in their hands and were like, "Eh, don't have any use for this. Threw it away." From the place it fell, up sprang an almond tree. Wait, what? Why? Wait, I, huh? How did they get from point A to point B? I. Wh- <laughs> How did that result in an? I don't get the connection. Please tell me there's a connection, even though it's not going to be nope. logical. There's no connection. Nope. They're like, oh, I guess we. Ah, oh, shit. I don't want to hold on to this. You hold this. No, you hold this. No, you hold this. And they threw it away and like, boom, up comes an almond tree. Okay. We're going back to this was written by (laughs) 10-year-old boys. Yeah. Also, you'll never eat a biscotti the same way again. (laughs) Oh, God damn it. Kate. (laughs) You had to go there. And another episode of Kate Ruins Everything. Got to you. Bye. Adidas. Adidas, Uh-oh. if you're interested in sponsoring us. <laughs> so because this story isn't fucked up enough, let's add in some weird ass mythological surrogacy. Uh-oh. There's this almond tree. And it's grown by this river. And this river god, Sangarius, has a daughter named Nana. Okay. And she's wandering around, probably picking flowers and being cute and wondering, like, I wonder when Zeus is going to come and kidnap me. And (laughs) she found the almond tree. Okay. She put some almonds in her bosom. Um, okay. Just leaving that there. And the almonds disappeared. Oh, my goodness. And then she gave virgin birth to a baby boy named Addis. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) She put some, she took some nuts. 
Oh, yeah. Nuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Basically, Addis is the very first IVF baby <laughs> in mythology. <laughs> but I don't know if this is so much as a family tree as a family wreath because his biological father is Adidas. Or is it is- an almond? <laughs> who has now been forcibly reassigned to being his mother or almond donor. Yeah. (laughs) And his biological mother is Nana. Oh, my goodness. Okay. This, yeah. (laughs) So brace yourself because it's going to get weirder. How? And not nicer. Oh, So Addis grew up to be a youth of such extraordinary beauty that Agdidas fell in love with him. Oh. Yes, it is the same old ugly, irrational argument of, OMG, it's a non-conforming sex and or gender person that makes me feel uncomfortable. Therefore, I must comfort and reassure myself that the non-culturally normative curiosity and or attraction I feel is their fault. And the easiest way to do it is to accuse them of being the tip is to accuse them of the taboo of pedophilia that no one can object to because that's a totally logical association and argument. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can I read the next line you wrote in the note? Yes, please do. People are fucking awful and nothing is new oh my god and just for our (sighs) listeners jen added the fucking yes of course i did and i am so proud not all people hold hold on to your rage like this is (laughs) oh my god yeah so addis grows up and is sent to the land of pessinus okay I, I I'm so worried. I'm going to say the land of penis. <laughs> say it. Go for it. <laughs> you know, I um, think it- where he is to marry the daughter of the king of penis. <laughs> In a scene worthy of Carrie meets rom com. Oh my god! Do any of our listeners know the Carrie reference? Yes, because they did a remake. Oh right. Okay. And in a 1990s Meg Ryan movie, the priest would be asking if anyone objects <laughs> in this wedding, Agdidas shows up. Okay. And the next thing that happens is Addis loses his shit and cuts his own penis off. What? And the king of penis cuts his own penis off too. For oh my God. <laughs> what the hell? This is oh legit. My. I'm not kidding. In fact, we have a reading. Oh, shit. Other Jen, if you will. Okay. From Pausanias. All right. But at the moment, when the marriage song had commenced, Adidas appeared, and Addis was seized by a fit of madness in which he unmanned himself. The king who had given his daughter did the same. Oh, my God. Like... There's oh, no explanation. There's God. no nothing. Just herp and Adidas <laughs> appears and everyone goes around cutting off their dicks. <laughs> oh. Hey, you know what makes a great wedding gift? <laughs> Go ahead. Dick say in a it. box. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry. This is. I'm so sorry. This is such a horrible, horrible story. Oh, my God. And yes, 
I, I stand by. This was written by 10-year-old boys. <sighs> hold yes. on to that. Wait, are you, what? Uh, just, just hold on to that because oh, like shit. Carrie, it was rewritten. <laughs> okay. So because ancient medicine wasn't exactly equipped for this, the self-penectomies in non-hygienic sense settings without the right equipment generally led to death. Surprise! Both of them die. Well, okay, yeah. And Agdidas is sorry for this. Like, literally, Agdidas repented her deed. Note That's that what it says. Okay. They chose the her pronoun there. Okay, um, yeah. And what deed? Showing up without an invitation? Crashing the ceremony? Inspiring madness? Anyway, She's so sorry, she goes and asks Zeus for a favor. Okay. That's any any does, guesses what the favor is? Adidas doesn't know any better. Really? You don't go asking Zeus for favors? Look, just just take a guess. Take a um, guess. Um, I, <laughs> I can't say out. I cannot. <laughs> I am... Having trouble verbalizing the ideas <laughs> swirling through my head. Okay. She I, asks Zeus to preserve Addis's body so it never decays. None of the ideas in my head were that. Same. He okay. says, yes, the end. Wait, what? That's it? That's it. No strings attached? Nope. Okay. But wait... This can lead to new problems. This is this is gonna, this is gonna go, this is not this can't be the end. That's not the end. There's it is, there's that's it according to Pausanias. What? I mean, it goes on to talk about the veneration of the cult of Agdidas and like there's a stone that kind of doesn't look like male or female. It's just a stone that they worship. Okay. But that that's literally it. There's nothing else. Okay, so this is the point when the 10-year-old boys were called by their mothers to come home yeah. for dinner. Demetrius! <laughs> Demetrius! <laughs> I told you, once the torches come on, you come in. <laughs> you think this moussaka's going to wait for you? <laughs> okay, fine, fine. So, Ugh. it's not the end. Wait, At least what? of the episode. Okay. Because there's, just like most uh, remakes tend to be worse than the original. Oh. There's a worse version of this myth we need to talk about. Oh, no. And this oh. version, it's like the ancient version of the Westboro Baptist Church got a chance to do the remake. Oh, fuck. Oh. It's legit hateful. And it might have also been told by an early Christian apologist trying to point out how awful and silly pagan religion was. Oh, how... <clears throat> Can you say hypocrite? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there was this guy named Arnobius. Okay. Who... Uh, was around in the late 200s CE. So, you know. Got it. Uh, you know, he. I think the bit that he wrote that we're talking about is going to be somewhere between 280 and 300 CE. 
He was said to be Berber, which is a kind of an old catch-all designation for North African Arabic cultures. So, you know, you know, what we would call like everything from Morocco to Algeria, Libya, you know, that sort of extremely diverse right of you know north african cultures okay. um legit several sources uh call him a vigorous defender of the christian faith okay and i mean to be fair you would have to be kind of vigorous because at that time rome was still an empire and still kind of meh in a lot of ways about christianity right right you know it was kind of like, okay, fine. You know, some of us are Christian, some of us aren't, you know, if someone ends up in the arena, it's not my fault. Um, But, you know, when meh was something about something, it usually meant creative and unusual torture, discrimination, and just your usual fuck the Romans fuckery. Right. Okay. Um, Also, some sources point out that his arguments in his major work against the pagans, no subtlety there, are a bit wibbly-wobbly in terms of Christian orthodoxy, even for this baby stage. Okay. But I'm going to give him a bit of a pass on that because, come on, it was the 200s. Nothing was exactly unified and orthodox at that point, let alone having a single standard set of texts to refer to or compare with. But Right. That is the last and only pass he gets from me. Got it. So Arnobius starts off by taking the one time Zeus wasn't rapey and makes it rapey. Mm. According to him, there's this rock called Agdus in Phrygia, which according to him is how Agdidas got his name. Agdus, Agdidas. Okay. The great mother goddess was taking a nap on the rock named Agdis. Zeus sees her and, well, how about a direct quote? Wow, you're going to make me read this. I am. Zeus assailed with lewdest desires. But when after long strife, he could not accomplish what he had proposed to himself, he baffled, spent his lust on the stone. (gasps) This is this. The rock received and with many groanings, (gasps) Adidas is born. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's almost as bad as Ovid, our favorite soft-boiled motherfucker. Yeah, you've missed that accent. Admit it. I, I I was not expecting it, and it, it has become a point, a single point of joy in this episode. Um, I, I felt like it fit. It, it really did, you know? I was almost like back reading Susanna and the Elders, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, Zeus is trying to get it on, but apparently either his thing isn't working or she's just not waking up or not budging. And so he shoots his load on the stone. Yeah. And apparently the stone gets pregnant (laughs) and gives birth to Adidas. So the story goes on with Adidas becoming a giant destructive pain in the ass because he 
had an uncontrollable fierceness and lust that came from having both sexes. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, Arnobius refers to Agdidas as a he, but like I said, I kind of I try to use they when I can. So right. they came to believe themselves more powerful than any man or god, than the heaven, the earth, the stars. And I support that. I, I'm 100% Team Adidas. Yeah. Um, but this bad temperament hmm. and the fact that their tantrums pretty much laid waste to the earth because, you know, you're all, you're super powerful and you, yeah. you get irritated because people are trying to put you in a box. Yeah. Um, caused the gods to be like, yeah, we got to do something about this. Uh-oh. Enter Dionysus and... His answer is ancient for hypnol. I oh, another word I have to look up. It's the date rape drug. Oh, the one where it blacks you out and you don't remember anything. Damn. Okay. So he takes his strongest wine, and this is like the strong divine wine, and drugs a spring where Agdidas goes to rehydrate between plunderings. Agdidas goes and gulps it down too greedily into his gaping veins. Wow. And I just want to uh, yeah. put a pin back in our uh, April Fool's episode where we talked about the the cup of justice. Right. I remember from that. From Pythagoras, where if you drink too greedily it or fill it up too much, it spills out the bottom. Like, yeah. <clears throat> Anyway, once Agdidas passes out, Dionysus rigs up the worst BDSM body harness ever. One loop goes over Agdidas's foot, and the other goes around the dick and balls. Oh. I, I spent a while trying to parse out legit what, how this I needed a diagram, but then I was like, I don't need a diagram. You don't want the diagram. Exactly. But, you know, I was trying to, like, understand how to, like, explain. Anyway, what happens next is Agdidas wakes up and stands up, and with the first step they take, they basically garrot off. Yeah. Okay. Everything. Wow. And not shockingly, there's a tidal wave of blood that carries off the penis and where it lands, the earth swallows it up and upsprings from it a pomegranate tree, though some interpretations and translations say almond. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. The next part of the story is relatively the same. Nana comes along, puts the fruit on her bosom, and oops, gets pregnant. Okay. Only we get a little more detail in that she bears the child and her dad orders what he thinks is an illegitimate baby to be exposed because clearly it's the baby's fault. Um, So the baby is left out to die. Some dude named Forbus... Uh, finds the child, takes it home, and raises it on goat milk and basically calls him Goat Boy. What? Uh, apparently the name Addis came from ancient Phrygian and they called goats Adagi. Adagi? Oh, okay. So 
you know, it it would make sense. Think of how many like folktales were like Goose Girl and, you know, uh, Cinderella. Oh, (laughs) right. Okay. So, you know, calling him Goat Boy isn't, it's not the worst epithet. It's just sort of like an anonymous character name. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. All right. Unless you think we get away without any incest in this version. Oh, Idita sees Addis in the woods and falls in lust with him and fondles him. Oh. Arnobius legit points out fondles. And I am so gicked out right now. So I, I think what what's the the, the writer name? Arnobius. Arnobius has some repressed he's issues? Yeah, he's got issues that that he's having trouble. He's got urges that he's having a hard time coming to terms with. And he, given what these urges are, he probably should. <laughs> Just because he dwells a lot on this pedophilia, uh, like child sex abuse thing. Ugh, it's so We don't gross. know what happened in his backstory. It, yeah. But, you know, it, it, anyway, yeah, everything We don't know gross. what was done to him. Um yeah. If okay. anything, let's just be honest. Okay, yeah. He could <clears throat> he could also yeah. be <laughs> just right. what's the worst thing I can say about these people? Yeah. <clears throat> not he that might we're not, familiar with doing he that. He might not today. be the victim. He might be the perpetrator. perpetrator. That's what I'm saying. That's could what be I'm either. thinking. Either one. Either one. But anyway, Adidas not only fondles Addis, but he pays him off to keep his mouth shut by giving him all these hunting trophies. And then Addis goes home and is a little dick himself and boasts about having caught all these animals himself. Except Addis is also a dumbass and admits while drunk that not only did he lie about his hunting skills, but how the the now god or goddess Adidas loves him. Oh, okay. And it's a little confusing because Arnobius still refers to Adidas with the he, him pronouns throughout the whole story. Okay. Even though he makes it clear that he was forcibly gender reassigned. So, like I said, that's why my pronouns get a little weird here. Yeah, yeah. So, the king of penis, (laughs) Pessinus, named Midas. What? Not that Midas. Oh. Apparently, there were several Midases kicking around in the ancient world. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, oh, I got to save that kid from himself. How should I do it? I know. I'll make him marry my daughter. Oh, my God. (laughs) And he's referring to Addis. Goat boy. Goat boy. Okay. All right. The great mother goddess who slept through all of this. (laughs) Like, even when Zeus was trying to attack her, she, like, slept through it all. Oh, She's like, you know, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Okay. And you know what? She's right. Because somewhere out of left field, she's reminded of a prophecy that everything will be cool for Addis and he'll live happily ever after so long as he never gets married. Whoa, where'd that come from? That was my question. I was like, Arnobius, you are, you need A, you need an editor. B, you need to rethink everything you've ever thought. Right. (laughs) C, 
go sit in the corner and think about what you're trying to do. <laughs> so, oh, I forgot the prophecy. <laughs> so yeah. to be fair, she does her best by trying to raise a kind of divine force field around the place where he's getting married. And mm. that's a little side spinoff myth, apparently, of explaining how the city of Pessinus came to have these giant towers. Oh. Not that, like, the rulers would have actually built watchtowers to watch for enemies, but meh. <laughs> um, Agdidas is like, what? You think that's going to stop me? Mm. He's crazy with rage because his lusty boy is taken from him to marry a girl. Oh, right, right. A virgin, yeah. no less. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he doesn't try to break the force field, but he uses his amazing divine telepathic powers that we had no idea that he had. Oh, my God. The to fill the guests with frenzy and madness. Arg. Some wedding guest named Gallus, the adulterer, <laughs> is there with his daughter, and he cuts off her breasts in the frenzy. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. She cuts off her breasts in the frenzy. Gallus doesn't do anything to himself, apparently, but his daughter did. Okay. I'm sus. Oh, my God. This is not how you plot. This is not even how a pants plotter plots. Right. <laughs> this is not right. how you plot. <laughs> and remember, we did an episode about ancient school supplies and how, mm -hmm. like, writing was yes. hard <laughs> yes and expensive okay yeah and this is what this man chose to put to paper yeah wow so in the middle of this divine frenzy Addis grabs his dick and starts running around in a panic and a frenzy raving frantically and throws himself down under a pine tree and mutilates himself crying out take these adidas for which you have stirred up so great and terribly perilous commotions. Okay. <laughs> For good measure, Addis's bride kills herself. Oh, my God. Oh, and her father cuts off his own dick as well. Um, oh, my God. And it's just carnage and madness and lots and lots of blood and body parts and self-mutilation. Kind of like what happens when you have a really sucky DJ at a wedding, I guess. Mm. Um. And the end is pretty much the same with Agdidas being like, oh, my bad. I probably shouldn't have done that. Can I have a mulligan, Zeus? And Zeus is like, nope, but I can stop his body from ever decaying. How about that? And Agdidas is like, cool. I'll just stay here mourning his preserved body for all eternity. Oh, the okay. fucking end. Damn. We'll be right, right back after this with questions and shit. Oh, so many. We now return to the Drunk Mythology Gals for part two, questions and shit. So, <laughs> you can see why at first I was like, meh, and then I got a little more meh, and then I got a more meh, and then I got to the Arnobius version, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. 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 Oh, I... Arnobius. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, sit in the corner and think about what you've done. Yeah. And and he yeah. wrote that to point out, ha ha, isn't Christianity better? 
Right. Like, let me be as horrible and hateful and grossed, gross you out as much as I can. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> and it also kind of shows, like, in some ways, the restraint Pausanias had. <laughs> and retelling, like, it's not great, but right. it's like, you're like, wow, it really could have been worse. <laughs> because it did get worse. I okay. Yeah, this is even horseradish I, was like hacking up a lung just then. <laughs> yeah. I had so I took um an art history class mm-hmm. this over what the past five Month. weeks. Yep. Yeah. And I learned a vocabulary word that I knew, but in the more in the context of this, propaganda. Aha. Arnobius is creating propaganda. He is retelling this story with his own version for the purpose of influencing people to his beliefs. Yep. And it's not a good thing. Propaganda can be used in a positive way. Yes. Propaganda is not always a negative thing that was something else i learned that is true it can be positive or it can be negative in this instance arnobius is using propaganda in a negative way so yeah my art history teacher would be proud of me (laughs) i i absolutely agree and in fact there was that one like weird uh art installation you shared that photo with me of and I didn't want to yeah. tell you at the time but it reminded me of this oh my god it's oh I mentally blocked that image and you just <laughs> brought it back and yes oh my god it fits in with this whole story oh yeah I will I'm making a note that we can include a link to that particular article yeah. If anyone's curious. Yeah, we'll do that because you never know. <laughs> Link to Jen's art class article she had to read. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, also it's, it, you know, it was interesting to me how the parts of Arnobius really took the the things that are the most disturbing and probably like evocative of trauma in other people. Yeah. Um, you know, and played on it. And I guess you could say we've seen the same thing happen with the hysteria that happens around people with like QAnon and, you know, any set of extreme beliefs, like no matter the political right. orientation, but, you right. know, a lot of it happens to be even today, centered around, you know, child sexual abuse. Because it's a thing where everybody should be like, yeah, it's, we all agree it's awful. Right, right. And, you know, I've heard firsthand from people, unfortunately, you know, just a a year and a half ago, somebody was like, telling me, oh, I saw this group on Facebook and they're saying they're an LGBTQ group and they're advocating, you know, adult child love is something you love who you love. That's what it means. And I'm like, um, really? So they um, sent me the link and I went and I looked at it. Okay. And it turns out it was if you had just taken two seconds to actually look at the group and look at the about, it's a bot. 
Oh, my word. It's a bot propaganda group. Wow. And I mean, I pointed that out back to that person and they're like, it doesn't change anything. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I thought uh, for this questions and shit, there was yeah. some stuff that, you know, is not quite as uh, <laughs> medically graphic, but <laughs> I thought it was interesting because part of what I was doing was researching, you know, what being intersex means, not just culturally, but also scientifically. Oh, right. Yes. And so, you know, I found a really good definition um, from the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights. Okay. They define intersex people as individuals born with any of several sex characteristics, including chromosome patterns, gonads, or genitals that do not fit typical binary notions of male or female bodies. Okay. I think that is... Interesting. You know, that's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, uh, Now, as I was reading about the evolution of the term intersex, they said you can still see the word hermaphroditic appropriately used in science. Okay. um, And it's still acceptable in science, but only really in this very specific definition in biology that means an organism that can produce both male and female gametes. Okay. I know I've seen that vocabulary word in the past in science classes, but I do not remember what that is. I had looked it up and I had forgotten it too. It, <laughs> okay. Obviously, it's in the reproductive. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, just to say that don't be surprised if right. you do see hermaphroditism, hermaphroditism bleh, whatever that yeah, word, that word <laughs> referred to in biology, it usually is going to refer nowadays to something extremely specific. Right. And I actually had remembered reading, um, I one of my favorite writers of all time is Anais Nin. And, you know, in her early starving days of her literary career, she wrote erotica to make ends meet. Oh, and in one of her erotica stories, there is an intersex character, a young Russian intersex person um, named Mafuka. And it's, you know, it's not one thing she does brilliantly is that she conveys like the, the sort of deep sort of inner existential sadness of this character, you know, in as much as like the rest of the story is really about like the sex going on, but like Mufuka, right. you, you get a little bit of Mufuka's story, just bits and pieces and dialogue, very light touch overall. And, you know, I thought it was really incredible how she treated this character with such sensitivity. Um, Anyway, so back to a little, our science moment. Uh, So sex assignment at birth is generally based on the child's anatomical sex. However, the number of children born with ambiguous genitals is actually one in 4,500 to 1 in 2,000. That's a lot more 
frequent than I thought. It's not frequent, but it's more frequent than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And the number goes even higher if you include other conditions with like atypical chromosomes, gonads, genitalia, and hormones. So, you know, you might not have it immediately visible on the outside, but basically some scientists estimate that the number could be as high as 1.7%. And, you know, those other numbers were 0.02% and 0.05%, but to go from 0.02% to 1.7%. Yeah. That's a lot more than you would think. Yes. Obviously, it's not just hard to get data these days, but it's ridiculously hard, if not impossible, to get historical data. Mm -hmm. And global data is even worse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the stuff we find out about is pretty fucking depressing because people are awful and nothing is new. Right. Um, Because there are still cases all over the world, including one recently in the US of A, where infants and children and adults even are either exposed, murdered, or mutilated, or forced into surgical gender assignment. For example, in April of 2006... The medical guardians and biological mother of a South Carolina baby mm. born with ovotesticular DSD, uh, uh, differenti- differentiated sex disorder, I think it is, and okay. ambiguous genitalia, they consented to corrective surgery. This, okay. It, so the baby wasn't newborn. It was actually 16 months old by the time underwent this surgery. But it was 16 months old and it went through gender normalizing surgery. Um, okay. Um, okay. I'm sure they meant well, but this is super squeaky medical ethics because the baby can't choose yet. Uh, Wow. Yeah. Not only that, the baby was then adopted out. (gasps) Oh! Oh, wow. The adoptive parents filed a lawsuit against the state and medical center, and the case was settled out of court, I think, in 2017. Oh, my God. Oh. And I I mean, and also this was medically necessary, if this was like a life-threatening issue. No. If this was like, you know, impacting survival, I could see, right, you know, you would say, okay, yes, we have to, you know, try to save this baby's life. They can't urinate. Something's wrong with the urethra. Like, right. Yeah. yeah, Like you do surgery, but I, yeah, it feels like there's a whole lot more under the surface here that is bad stuff. And I will also just share, I don't know if it happened in this case or not. But what I read was in these cases of infant gender reassignment surgeries, mm-hmm. um, it's easier to cut off the dick and balls of than it is to create a vagina. Yeah. Even though wow. it's possible and is done. Um, so, yeah, most likely these children, if they do get put through this surgery, you know, if the yeah. vagina is working, then they probably choose that. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, even the U.S. isn't immune to this 
bullshit. And, you know, the bullying, depression, discrimination, and suicide rates. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I did find one little bright spot. So let's give oh. a shout out to Malta. Okay. For becoming the first country in 2015 to outlaw surgical intervention without the consent of the person involved. Yay. Like I said, though, it's the pudding cup of social justice. <laughs> you always want it to be better than what it actually is. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I did really follow up a lot of Consolation Prize references where they're trying to put a positive spin on, you know, little bits and pieces that survive of references like, hey, the ancient physicians Hippocrates and Galen view gender as a continuum between men and women, including hermaphrodites, the perfect balance of man and woman. Okay. Except that's just pointing out that they actually defined, as we would have mentioned in calculus, the absolute minimum and absolute <laughs> maximum at each end with a middle yeah. point. Yep. And there are other ancient history references, but they're they're okay really only if you take them out of context and don't look at the history of the reality of what happened to oh. the intersex people who actually existed. Okay. Wow. I also found the usual, oh, look at these noble, savage, primitive cultures that embrace the concept of a third gender. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that cute? We should be like getting dream catchers and coconut bras. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. Okay. You know, it's that kind of, well, in this primitive, you know, native and blah, blah, blah culture, like, right. no, just don't. Yeah. Go eat your pudding cup. <laughs> <laughs> um, needless to say, I struggled to find a way to end this on a note that didn't leave me wanting to run through the streets, giving the finger to everyone yelling, fuck the Romans. Right. And I did. Oh. Yay. Okay. But it's also thanks to our new overlord, ChatGPT. Yes. <laughs> so I found a non-human intersex reference that actually mentions the name Agdidas. Oh. And I was following it on Google. I'm like, come on, come on. And it, I just, I was like seven pages deep in Google. I'm like, why? Right. Yeah, yeah. So I gave in and asked my new overlord <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, his Royal Highness Chat GPT replied, yes. there's a genus of moths called Agdidas, named because it turns out that many moths have varying degrees of hermaphroditism in order to reproduce in difficult or low population environments. <gasps> wow. And also, bonus throwback to escargot versus escar stop. Right. <laughs> turns out that gastropods, like snails, can also be hermaphroditic. I feel like I've heard this. I feel like we might have mentioned it, but yeah, they participate sounds... in something called reciprocal mating, oh. where they lay eggs and then they go fertilize each other's eggs. Well, isn't that nice? Yeah. <laughs> Be like yeah. the snails. Be like snails, people. <laughs> Be like snails. Love Hope your you're... local snail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So basically, I'm so fucking sorry for this episode. <laughs> People are terrible. Snails are great. There we go. 
And all I can say is we love you. We are allies despite mythology. <laughs> yes, we are. Oh my goodness, we are. You are yes. perfect. Whoever you are, however you are, whomever you love, you are perfect. Yes. Just be who be who you are, be proud, and we're all here for you. So I am going to put some sh- uh, links in the show notes to international intersex support groups and oh, awesome. resources, as well as to some international mental health and human rights resources. So yeah, because, um, you know, it's a small population, but is probably one <laughs> of the most vulnerable groups on the planet. Right. So yay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. I wish I, I was drunk. Yes. I was about to ask if you're drunk, but I mean, obviously you're not and I'm not and it's so bad. And I'm just, after this, I need to just go grab my Fenrir plushie and curl up on the couch. There we go. <laughs> the completely, totally organic, natural Fenrir mention of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. So well, next week, yeah. I don't even know what or, I can promise. Or whenever. We, I, I don't like to say next week because... I know, because <laughs> it's... I Go eat a rye cracker. Life uh, has been... Oh my God. Yeah. 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 But I'm going to do my best to try and find something <laughs> not so awful. I mean, it'll probably <laughs> still be awful, but probably more like our usual awful. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, if you haven't <laughs> run off screaming and set fire to things, uh, right. subscribe yourselves to our social media scrolls. We're on Instagram at Drunk Mythology Gals. We're on TikTok at Drunk Mythology Gals. We're on the web at drunkmythologygals.com. And we have a bunch of stuff over on Patreon at patreon.com slash drunk mythology gals. And we'll probably try and do something about like how flavoring gets made because now I'm curious. Yeah. 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 Well, it's alcohol. <laughs> oh, God damn it. I wanted to make an episode out of it. Oh, we can. And okay. we will drink. We'll drink for I- it. I think that'll be much. I need that. I need that. Yeah. So agreed. Do we even want to mention the email? <laughs> no, no. Okay, let's no. not mention the email. Yeah, anymore. Um, let's just take that I, out. I have a, I have a, even on social media, I have a message that somebody sent me that I'm like, I need to answer that. I need to answer that. I need, and it's been over a week. I'm like, oh, I still haven't answered that. <laughs> Oops. And this person knows who they are. And I saw it. I swear it's life has been. Oh You'll my god. You probably hear this episode and probably another one before we answer it, but we do love everybody. So <laughs> thanks again for joining us. Um, please subscribe, leave a rating or review, tell your friends and family about us, especially if they're like, hey, I'm going to the store. Do you want any pudding? Oh my god. <laughs> Finally, always remember: if the gods can behave badly then so can you.